0: Hello, welcome back to Ask a Monk Now I have two questions um, that were asked together The first question is um, Whether after realizing nirvana Nibbana, which means freedom or release or emancipation Or however you want to translate it uh, Is there anything left to do? Or is uh, Nibbana it? I mean, is that all you have to do? the first question so uh, answer this question first um, uh, the answer is it's easy uh, nirvana is the, the last thing that we ever have to do uh, once you realize nirvana there's nothing left to do. there's nothing left that from a buddhist point of view y- you need to do the point is at that point you're free from suffering um, so what does this mean Nirvana is, is the cessation of suffering. This is what the, the definition of it is that It's possible for a person uh, to you know not, not easy, but it's possible for a human being to realize freedom from suffering, to come to be um, even temporarily to be free from the arising of stress, the arising of, of any um, any impermanent phenomenon that at that point the mind is perfectly free it's possible to enter into or to uh, touch that state to to experience or to see or to uh, realize that state uh, without being free from suffering without without uh, being that way forever well, this is the first thing to point out and this this person we have names for them this is a Sotapanna someone who has entered the stream because though they still have to suffer, um, and they still have more to do, it's uh, they they they've already cracked the shell the shell to, so to speak, and and it's only a matter of time before they become totally free from suffering. So this is one understanding of, of nirvana. It's a it's a, an experience that someone has, and at that point, one's life starts to go in the direction towards freedom from suffering. But what we mean by nirvana or, or parinirvana or so on um, is the complete freedom from suffering. So, though a person might still live, uh, they have no more greed, no more anger, no more delusion. These things can't arise. There's, there's perfect understanding of reality, of the experiences uh, around oneself. When, when you see, when you hear, smell, taste, feel, and think, there's only the awareness of the object. There's no attachment to it. So we say this is nirvana. This is co- this comes from realizing this state of ultimate freedom. When you realize it again and again, you start to see that there's nothing that lasts. That all of the experiences that we have simply uh, arise and cease. And there, there's nothing lasting. There's nothing permanent. There's nothing stable. And so one loses all of one's attachment. At that point, one isn't subject to future rebirth. Um, there, there's this, this physical reality that we've somehow built up that has to um, last out its its lifetime, but at the end of that uh, cycle, that um, revolution, at death there's nothing. So at, at death there's no more arising uh, and and at that point there's freedom from suffering, freedom from um, from impermanence, from the, the um, from birth, from having to come back again. So this, I think this is clear. The, the answer is, from a Buddhist point of view, a doctrinal point of view, is, is quite clear. That a- After that, there's nothing left to do. The Buddha said, uh, done is what needs to be done. There's nothing left to do. There's nothing more here. But I think uh, a, a, an important point to make that is often missed is that you don't somehow fall into this state. Uh, this is the ultimate, the the the... The final emancipation, it comes to someone who has had enough, who doesn't see any benefit in coming back, It doesn't see any benefit in recreating this human state or or any state again and again and again. Uh, Most of us are not there. Most of us think that there is still something to be done. We want this, we want that. We've been taught that it's good to to have a, a partner, to have a family, to have a job, to help people and so on. And we think that there's somehow some benefit in this. Um, on the other hand, we see that in ourselves there are certain attachments that we have that are causing us suffering. So this is, this is where we're at. We're at the point where we we want to hold on to certain things, but we want to let go of, of other certain things. So th- this just shows that we're somewhere along the path. We're somewhere between um, you know, a, a, a useless person and an, and an enlightened person. Uh, and it's, it's up to us which way we're going to go. If we take the side of letting go, we don't have to let go of those things we don't want to let go of. We let go of those things that we want to let go of. And this is how the path works. People who are afraid of things like nirvana, afraid of letting go, and afraid of practicing meditation, because they think if I practice meditation, I'm going to let go of all these things I love, and and I love them, and I, I, I want those things. I don't want to let go of them. And the truth is, if you want it, if, you're, if it's something you're holding on to, you're never going to let it go, that's the point. But uh, the, what you have to realize is that the more you understand, the more mature you become, the more you realize that you're not benefiting anyone or anything by yourself or, or others by holding on to anything, by clinging to others, by, um, you know, by, w- by wanting things to be a certain way. It's, it's not of a benefit to you. And it's not of a benefit to other people that true happiness doesn't come from these things. Um, you know people when they hear about not coming back, they think, "Well, the great thing about Buddhism is that there is coming back. And I remember talking with some with a Catholic uh, woman, and she said, "Oh it's so great to hear about how in Buddhism you've got a chance to come back because of course, in the religion she had been brought up with. Uh, that's it. When you die, it's either heaven or hell forever. But she was thinking, wow, you know, to be able to come back and have another chance. So for Westerners, I think this is common. We think, oh, it's great. I'll be able to come back and try again, like, like this uh, that movie Groundhog Day. You know, until you get it right. And that's really the point: is until you get it right, you're going to keep coming back. But um, whether this should be looked at, seen as a a good thing or not, is debatable. I mean, ask yourself. Uh, don't ask yourself, how are you feeling now? Because most people think, well, I'm okay, and I've got plans, you know, if I can just this and this and this, there's a chance that I'll be stable and, and, and happy and, and uh, living a good life. But then, you know, don't, ask your, don't look at that, ask yourself what it's taken to get even to the point that you're at now. And think of all the lessons you've had to learn. And if it's true that you come back again and again and again, then you're going to have to learn all of those. If you don't learn anything now and change anything about this state, if you don't somehow uh, increase your level of maturity in a way that you've never done before in all your, your lives, then you're, you're just going to have to learn these lessons again and go through all of the suffering that we had to go through as, a, as children, as teens, as young adults, as adults, and so on, and wait until you get old, sick, and, and, and die. I mean, see how that's going to be. And then don't stop there. Look at the people around you and in the world around us. Who's to say in next life you won't be one of the, the people who suffer terribly in this life? Um, so it's uh, it's not as uh, simple a thing as some people might think. They think, oh great, I'll come back, I'll get to do this again, and I'll do this differently, and I'll learn more, and so No, it's not like that. If you're not careful, you know, some lifetimes down the road, it's very very possible that you'll end up in a terrible situation, you know, a situation of intense suffering. Why do people suffer in such horrible ways that they do? And who's to say you won't end up like them? So th- there is some... Um, we, we can see some benefit in at least um, you know, bringing ourselves somewhere, somewhat out of this state, to a state where we don't lose all of our memories every 50 to 100 years. Um, where we're able to keep them and, and to continue developing—that's that, at the very least um, a good thing to do. And and so you know the development of, of the mind shouldn't scare people. The practice of Buddhism shouldn't be a scary thing that that you're going to let go of things you hold on to. Uh, Buddhism is about learning, is about coming to grow, is growing up, and coming to learn things and understand rea- more about reality. It's not to brainwash us or to force. Um, some kind of detached state it 's to help us to to learn what 's causing us suffering because all of us can tell if if we 're not you know terribly blind, we can verify that, that there is a lot of suffering in this world and and the the truth of of the Buddha's teaching is that this suffering is unnecessary we don 't have to suffer in this way the reason we do is because we don 't understand. And because we don't understand, we therefore do things that cause us suffering and that cause other people suffering. So, slowly we learn how to overcome those things, how to be free from them, and eventually we learn how to be uh, free from all suffering, how to never cause suffering for others or for ourselves, how to act in such a way that is not contradictory to our wishes, where we wish to be happy, we wish to live in peace, and yet we find ourselves acting and speaking and thinking in ways that cause us suffering and cause disharmony in in the world around us so this is the I think sort of a detailed answer of, of why uh, freedom would be the last thing because once you once you have no clinging once you have no no attachment and no delusion, uh, you will not cause any suffering for yourself and um, you know, a, a, as a result, you will not have to, uh, you will not have to come back, and and uh, you know, there's no more creating, no more, um, no more forming, no more building, building up. You realize that uh, there's nothing worth clinging to. That true happiness doesn't come from the objects of the sense, or, or any of the objects either uh, inside of us, or in the world around us. True happiness comes from freedom. And you come to see that this freedom is the ultimate happiness. So, that's the answer to that question. Uh, The second question, I'm going to have to deal with it here, so this video is going to be a little bit longer. The second question is um, whether karma has physical results only or affects the mind as well. Um, And, you know, this is another, these questions are actually. Fairly easy because they're just simple doctrinal questions. Um, but they're interesting as well. Karma, first we have to understand that karma is not a thing. It doesn't exist in the world. You can't show me karma. Karma means action. So technically speaking, you can show me an action when, you know, show me the karma of killing. So you can kill something. There, there's karma for you. But the problem is that we come to take karma as this substance that exists, like something you're carrying around like a weight over your shoulder or that's somehow tattooed on your skin or something like that uh, that you carry around and and you're just waiting for it to drop on your head or something Um, and and that's not the case, karma is a law it's a law that says that there is um, there is an effect to our actions, and, and not just our, not our actions actually, to our intentions, to our state of mind, that the mind is able to affect the world around us. It's not a doctrine of determinism, you know, if it were this substance or this thing that you could measure, then uh, there might be some determinism, but it doesn't say that. Karma just says that, you're, you're it doesn't say either way that, that there is uh, free will or determinism that, that, that's not the point of karma karma says that when there is action when you do kill or steal or lie or, or, when when in your mind you develop these um, unwholesome tendencies to, to you know these ideas for the creation of disharmony and suffering and, and stress um, then then there isn't the effect the effect is that stress is created when you have the intention to help people as well, there's another sort of um, stress created. It's, it's <clears throat> not an unpleasant stress, but it's a stress of sorts that creates pleasure. Um, it's a vibration when you. Uh, it's like a vibration when you want to help people. When you have the intention to do good things, to um, give, to help, to support, to teach, to, um, you know, to, to even to just be kind and and when you study, when you learn, when you practice meditation all of these things have an effect. They uh, change who we are and uh, so, so that's, um, it's important to understand that aspect of, of karma. The, but the, the, the short answer to your question then is, is that karma uh, our actions will affect both the body and the mind um, Technically speaking, karma gives rise to uh, experiences. It gives rise to seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, thinking. This is the technical explanation, that it's going to give rise to um, sensual experience in the future. If If you do something and you intend to do something, that's going to change the experiences that you have. You're not going to see the same things as if you hadn't done that, right? If you kill someone, they're going to see the inside of a jail, and so on You're see hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, thinking, but from a technical point of view, all that's what happens, is there are different experiences that you have, and those experiences are both physical and mental um, so all it means is that our uh, we are affecting our destiny, whether this is um, based on free will or determinism isn't really the question um, the the point is that when we do do something, there there is a result, and so rather than worrying about uh, such such questions as uh, you know, whether it's free will or determinism, or or what does karma affect? Is it a physical or a mental thing? We should stop. We should train ourselves to to stop. Give up the unwholesome tendencies that cause us suffering. In the end, the interesting thing is that you give up both kinds of karma because you have no intention to create happiness either, to create happiness in the sense of happy experiences. You come to see that even pleasurable experiences are temporary. Even if you create harmony in the world, even if I were able to, with my great karma, create peace and harmony in the world and do it through some great act of minor or series of acts, it's temporary. And unless there's wisdom and understanding that allows people to let go, they're just going to ruin it when I'm gone. This is, um, for instance, the the, the Buddha's teaching. When when the Buddha was around, there was a lot of good in India. Um, And uh, it it lasted for some time, and then India went back, and now it's an ordinary country again. Uh, But for some time in India, it was a special place, and it was very Buddhist, and there was very little killing, and, and, and so on one might, uh, from what we understand, Uh, just an example, but the point is that it's impermanent and no matter what good things you do, even the Buddha's teaching is impermanent, it's not going to last forever and this is the teaching of a perfectly enlightened Buddha as we understand, so um, most important is to become free and to become free from karma as well, to not have any um, attachments that things should turn out in a certain way, not to be expecting or have expectations about the future to simply be content and um, in tune with reality to see reality for what it is and to be at peace with that and to not cling and to not want and to not hope and and care and worry and so on but to live one's life in a dynamic way where you um, where you can accept and react and respond appropriately to every situation doesn't mean that you live in one place and do nothing sit around and do nothing it means that you're able to live dynamically you're not a stick in the mud who, when it's time to move can't move your person your 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 mind is able to respond appropriately to all experiences and and react um, without attachment so um you know fairly detailed answers to your questions i hope they did hit the mark to uh, at least to some extent so thanks for the questions all the best